This podcast is brought to you by Stonely, an interactive guidance platform for self-serve support. Deflect tickets, decrease costs, and delight customers with beautiful step-by-step guides that can be embedded anywhere. Hey everyone, welcome back to Beyond the Queue, a podcast by Stonely that looks at the human side of customer support leadership. I'm your host, Meredith Metzger, and this week I'm excited to welcome Tom Ronan, head of customer success at monday.com. In this episode, I talk with Tom about why customer support is the best first job in tech. He shares which support skills are most transferable to other tech or SaaS roles, how support professionals can sharpen those skills on the job, and why CX leaders should encourage their agents to diversify their skills, even if it means they leave support. Welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Queue. Today, I'm very excited to welcome Tom Ronan. He's the head of customer success at monday.com. Tom, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thank you, Mary. It's great to be here and excited to be speaking with you all today. Yeah. So I have seen you post before, just kind of talk about how customer support is one of the best places to start if you want to launch or kind of pivot your career into the tech space. So can you tell me a little more about that? Um, Why should people start in customer support? Of course. I I guess I'll start by saying that not everybody should start in customer support. But if you are excited about um, helping other people, being a a teacher, problem solving, and enjoy communicating with, you know, it can be teaching your neighbor something new or anything like that. Um, and you, if you enjoy helping customers, I, I guess that's the bottom line, that this is definitely the right field to be pivoting or joining uh, the tech industry. I think it's a the best place, in my opinion, to obtain some critical skills that are there, they're then very transferable to other client-facing positions within a company. Um, you are going to become a product expert on whatever it is that your company is doing. Whatever your product is, you are going to become the number one expert better than your business development folks or your salespeople. And that is uh, invaluable for most um, companies as the company is growing and uh, more and more. Um, and I think customer support gives a very interesting perspective into all these other facets of the business that I mentioned. So things like sales, marketing, um, R&D, product, um, as a customer support agent, you're going to be able to learn kind of from the from the sidelines how each of these departments handle themselves, what are their KPIs, how do, uh, what it is that they do exactly. And it's a very good perspective to have as you think about your broader career, if you want to stay in customer support or you want to uh, move on to one of these other departments that I mentioned. Okay. Yeah, it sounds like it's just a really great training ground. Um, I Definitely. know I've heard that from a couple other leaders uh, including one of our last episodes a couple uh, weeks back, um, Matt Dale with Illuminate Education, he actually like cross-trains some of his support agents with those other departments to expose them. Yeah, we do that as well, and it has a lot of, a lot of benefits for sure. Nice. How do you, so how do you have that set up? Is it like a formal the, cross-training thing? Yeah. Yeah. So basically every client-facing person that joins uh, Monday.com, the first couple of weeks will usually, it'll usually be kind of a, a one month of onboarding. And so the first couple of weeks will be 
uh, mainly product focused. And so if you're a sales rep, if you're on the customer experience side, that's our support team or a customer success manager, uh, you're going to be kind of in the same group together, going through the same training about our product. And then you can kind of see how different folks on different um, areas of the business think about if it's the CSM, um, a lot about implementation and ongoing support. And if you're a sales rep about kind of the sales, um, the sales pitch and tactics that you would go for, but you mainly learn the product, you get to know other people from other sides of the business, get to know some perspectives. Um, and so that's been a very uh, effective way for us to uh, get people to collaborate cross-functionally um, and learn kind of the most, uh, maybe the, the kind of the cornerstone of your knowledge as a client-facing person, which is the product itself. After that, we'll break into the different uh, departments and the customer experience folks would be, uh, you know, learning all the processes about handling tickets and the queue and, and more in-depth technical things about the product and sales and customer success will go on to their merry ways as well. Okay. So earlier you had mentioned that um, support is a great place to start for a career in tech because of all the skills that you pick up. So I want to dig into that a little bit more. What are some of the you think like the most valuable um, and the most transferable skills people learn while working in customer support? Yeah, it's a good question. I can go on and on, really. Um, <laughs> let me try and list okay. them for you. Um, <laughs> I think the number one is active listening. Um, it's a very important skill for any client-facing position, the ability to really listen to what your customer is saying, ask the right type of questions to get to the bottom of an issue or a need or a pain of a customer. And when you develop that skill, it can be super easy, trans easily transferable to sales or customer success, business development, a lot of the, the client-facing aspects. I think even our product managers are uh, practicing that a lot when they do user interviews. So the ability to do that is key, and it's one of the first and most important skills that any customer support agent will we learn and practice uh, all day long. Another important, I don't know if I'll call it a skill, but I definitely believe it's uh, a critical uh, part and a critical quality for any employee working in a growing tech startup is resilience. Um, if you are a top performer on a customer support queue, then you know what it's like to work under a lot of pressure and still deliver to be able to pause and give the best possible service to a customer when the queue is on fire and uh, you need to work really, really fast, but then deliver on the highest of levels. You develop that level of resilience with some of the repetitive aspects that exist within customer support and so on. And when you go on and develop into other roles or move into different areas of the business, this is definitely something that's going to stick with you as your ability to work under pressure and develop that elephant skin, if you will, um, that has to do with working with clients over and over about um, different issues and, and kind of de-escalate some frustrations. A couple other things would be collaboration internally. So in customer support, as I mentioned, it's kind of that intersection between different areas of the business. As a support agent, you're going to be um, mastering collaboration with your R&D counterparts. So you learn how to speak to developers, what interests them, and that's very much like one side of the spectrum, and then the customer on the other side of the spectrum. Learning how to do that in the most effective way is a critical skill because you know if you then go on to become, let's say, somebody who's more technical in QA, you have that common ground with your developers and you know how to communicate and what's important for them. 
or if you're continuing on a client-facing um, career, then definitely you know exactly what's going on on the R&D side, but also how to communicate with your customers in the best way. So there's a lot of complex uh, intricacies in that uh, collaboration across the spectrum, and in support, you definitely learn all of that. A um, couple other things would be the problem-solving methodology that you adopt, especially doing some troubleshooting within customer support. So a customer will come in and will say, this is not working. How to get to what is not working and what's the fastest way to deliver a solution in a friendly manner, um, that's quite a useful skill to whatever it is that you do. Um, our customer success managers in Monday.com, they troubleshoot everything. A customer will come in and will say that they need to manage this very complex process. And you know, we start from there and then we kind of use a, a lot tree to get to the bottom of what the customer is looking for. So this is a very useful skill, no matter what it is that you're doing. Um, and I, I mentioned this before, I think not necessarily for uh, starting in a new position, but once you get to that level of product expertise, I've seen within Monday, which is a company that have we've grown exponentially in terms of the amount of customers and the amount of employees. The need internally for somebody who is a product expert is so huge um, that this is going to be um, an exceptional skill. So positioning yourself and being that true product expert internally would definitely help you to grow inside a company. I've seen that happen over and over. Yeah, I, that's, those are really great points. It seems like with if you start in customer support, you can really go any direction you want in a company, especially one that's growing as fast as Monday.com. By the way, congrats on going public. That's yeah, super exciting. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. So I, you, you mentioned you've seen this happen over and over. Can you share a few of your uh, favorite success stories or examples of yeah, uh, starting of and course. support and going on? Yeah, that's always always fun to uh, <laughs> to remember. And you know, a lot of this is thanks to people's hard work. And I think um, the most important thing, any new position that you start, is just uh, positioning yourself as a top performer and understanding what need what needs to happen on your end in order for you to become a top performer. Otherwise, there's no growth at all. And it's just not just about coming into a customer support role. But uh, to speak to some of these successful individuals, I think we had. Uh, there's a, a person on our team that started in our, our as a customer experience advocate. Uh, she came in as a, a French teacher, um, rocked it on our customer experience side of things, and today she's actually a, what we call internally a product profiler. So she's on the product team, um, helping us uh, create profiles of different users that have pains that Monday.com can help um, uh, solve. So essentially, uh, a move to the product team is kind of an entry level product manager position. Um, we've had folks grow to become customer success managers. Um, that's kind of a very um, obvious path for customer experience folks growing into becoming CSM. So they would today they're working with our uh, largest accounts and helping uh, retain and upgrade our uh, largest accounts that have the most complex issues and their ability to really uh, speak with our customer experience team uh, seamlessly and also deliver these skills that we mentioned before to our customers. They're, they're huge. Um, We've had folks that moved over to business development and partnerships, so they are now working um, to identify new platforms, such as Stonely, for example, that Monday can work together with uh, and partner and build a whole new go-to-market. So this is where that product expertise, knowing what is the pain of the users, how Monday can help, and identifying other vendors, other SaaS platforms out there that we can partner with. That's kind of a classic move when you think about it. Um, so business development is one. Um, 
a lot of great leaders that grow that grow internally within our customer experience. And I can go on and on. Stop me whenever you wish, Meredith. But there's definitely a lot of examples uh, to sales, R&D as well, more on the technical side, things like QA and so on. Um, yeah. Okay. And then um, I'm curious, was was customer support, customer experience, was that where you got your start in the tech industry? Yeah. It okay. is, it is. I, my career is kind of very weird in a sense. Um, I came to Monday.com from the Israeli Navy. So I've been with uh, the Israeli Navy for about eight years and then started with uh, Monday when we were 25 individuals. I joined our customer success team, yeah, and, and basically doing customer support, answering tickets all day long. Um, Back then, in such a small startup, we were doing everything that's client-facing. So anywhere from customer support, which is the majority of the, uh, the work that we had uh, to undertake, and then sales and customer success, onboarding implementation as well. So yeah, um, speaking from experience anyway, I think it was good to mention that at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. I was thinking, like, I back up a little bit. <laughs> um, so yeah, in your case, so what was it about um, customer support and customer success that attracted you to that kind of role? Good question. Um, I think to me, it was a lot about helping other people. Um, this is something that I get to say to our customer experience team a lot. Uh, it's kind of hard to zoom out sometimes when you're working on the queue a lot, but I like to ask folks, especially if I'm meeting with them at the end of the day, of the, the work day, hey, how many people have you helped today? And then you reflect back and you say, wow, okay, I just, on one day you helped like 40 people with something and now they're thankful for your help and you've really made an impact. So I love that about customer experience, customer support overall. Um, the ability to help people all day long. I, I truly enjoy that. And if you share this sentiment as I do, I think customer support is definitely the right field for you. Um, another thing is that intersection between the product and, and the customer. So learning how customers adopt uh, a platform and helping them to get to the best results. Um, learning about everything that's going on outside of customer support and really how other departments work around the customer. Uh, that was fascinating to me. And I I uh, remember we were doing a lot of, uh, we were working in shifts um, and I would leverage the fact that I would finish the day early on to go and, and meet with my uh, colleagues from product or sales, just sit down with them and learn a bit about what it is that they do um, from my perspective. And I think that was um, something that I got to do because I was in the customer support, collaborating with so many people. So creating these internal relationships. Um, yeah. That's, that's uh, a bit of my, my journey, but uh, from there, uh, growing into a leadership position um, and helping scale the, the Monday customer success organization in different facets. Okay. So how large is the customer success team at Monday? Yeah, um, we, under the customer success group, so the entire umbrella here, we're talking about two main teams. So the first uh, team we sp uh, speak about often here and, and the Stonely podcast is the customer experience team. So we're looking at roughly about 65 frontline customer experience advocates um, and then about six or seven team managers across the globe. Uh, under this umbrella, we also have our knowledge base team of about five individuals that help us with all the documentation. It's anywhere from uh, video 
production of guys and also writing a lot of the support articles that we are using all the time. They're amazing and really the, the backbone of our operation in that sense. Uh, we got a couple of folks doing uh, managing our community and our customer communications over email, anything like a customer newsletter and so on. So all of that sits under the customer experience side and then on the customer success side, these will be the individuals that will interact with our larger customers. And we're talking about a team of about 50 success managers. Some of them are focused on onboarding our accounts and some of them are focused on um, the ongoing and retention um, and ongoing communication with our customers. So that's pretty much kind of the size. I think overall, uh, it's kind of insane. Today, I think we're nearly at a 200 uh, in the customer success group wow. at the moment. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So given that you started really early on, I'm assuming you have seen... Um, you've seen a lot of people come into customer support and customer success and develop those skills that we were talking about. From your perspective, what can customer support professionals do to kind of sharpen those skills and really hone those experiences so that they are more transferable and more valuable to other types of roles? Yeah, that's a good question. There's definitely things that you can actively do in order to develop these skills faster and, and grow faster. The, the one thing, if I, I'm remembering my own kind of personal experience here, is leaning into difficult situations. You are going to encounter a lot of them in customer support, areas of the product that you have no clue about, angry customers that are coming in with um, you know, a bad, ex a bad experience that they've had or anything like that. And I guess my advice would be lean into as many of these difficult situations as you can because there's so much to learn from any one of these experiences. And if you're that kind of person that, um, I don't think it's enjoyable. It, it is exciting in a way. It's never fun and easy uh, to do that. But if you are actively doing that, um, you will position yourself and you'll find yourself in this position of being an expert. And maybe it's that more uh, complex area of the platform, or maybe you'll be that expert in diffusing a customer that is having a rough day or something along these lines. And then this would definitely help you grow your skill set, but also position you internally uh, in the right place for growth. Thinking about some other things, um, actively asking for feedback. So in customer support, there's tons and tons of area to receive feedback about, it can be verbal communication, written communication, how you collaborate internally, and we spoke about how important that is. Um, every aspect of what you do, can be um, you know vetted by a more experienced person on your team or your manager and so ask active ask actively asking for feedback sorry um, to learn where you need to improve and where to grow is exceptionally important and if you're not receiving this level of feedback go ahead and ask for it um, super important and I, I think every uh, support professional kind of deserves to be uh, getting feedback on a regular basis all of us do that's how we grow Another thing I mentioned that before about kind of meeting and pairing with um, other uh, employees within the company. So identifying colleagues of yours, and this could be within the customer support department or outside of it, that are really good about certain areas that you think that you um, can use a lesson about. It can be, um, from, uh, from my perspective, I mean, in many cases, I'm too kind and too nice, and I wasn't uh, the best salesperson on the team. And so I got to uh, partner with uh, one of my colleagues. He's still he's a sales director in Monday Today, Aaron, and I learned a lot about uh, about sales and how to be a better salesperson and how to be a, a, a person that does sales from a value perspective for the customer. And so um, learning and developing new skills by identifying colleagues who are very strong in them within your company, I think that's uh, definitely a good tip that I would give. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, I love those. Um, for any support leaders who are watching or listening, what advice do you have for them as far as helping their employees um, kind of identify those skills, identify areas of interest, and then just improve on those and learn? How can support leaders help with that? There's so much content out there to help support professionals grow their career. Customer support has been around, you know, in, in our terms uh, since ever. Uh, and there's a lot of good materials out there to learn and, and read about. So I'll try to kind of zoom out a bit. A part of all that, you know, very straightforward learning that one can do about customer support and how to be the, the best customer support professional or leader Um in my opinion, that aspect of, of delivering feedback. So if you as a leader put yourself uh, against the standard of, let's say, having you know, a biweekly with every team member where you are going to deliver one of two critical points of feedback um, to the other side as much as possible, um, it's not an easy exercise because that uh, puts you in a place where you need to own, own that decision and immerse yourself in every one of your team members, identify what are their um, common um, you know, areas for improvement or areas that are very strong upon and, and coach around that. Um, setting uh, a very clear bar to what is excellent performance, uh, medium and, and low level of performance. That's another uh, key tool that if you are going through this exercise and doing that, you will push your people in the right direction and will force yourself to be the person who is able to do that and will work on your personal skills in order to position yourself in a point where you're delivering feedback. You're not just delivering feedback in a vacuum. You're delivering feedback that's in context of what is high performance and how I can get my people there. And I think last thing with customer support, it's usually 24-7 and it's usually hectic and there's always fires that you need to put out. Um, allocate specific time for your personal development and your people's personal development. So making sure that your folks are learning, that they're developing, that they have um, time that's set you know, throughout the day and it can be an amount of hours that you allocate on a week or on a month, whatever that is, that goes towards uh, professional development. And you'll see the, the fruits that you'll get from doing that. I've seen that over and over. What are some examples of professional development projects or initiatives that leaders could implement? Trying to think of a few good ones that we've done because there have been some that were successful and some that were less successful. So yeah, I think um, the exercise that you want to go through here is to identify, and we, we can speak about that later, Meredith, about kind of growth paths within customer support. Um, try to think about what it takes for a support professional to go from their current level to the next level, whether you can, whether you formalize it or not, and think about specific traits and attributes that one will need to uh, perform in order to get from point A to point B. I'm being very explicit about that and not just saying, you know, you need to study this and this and that because personally I've done the mistake of saying, you know, customer support has to do with everything and you want to grow and become this, so go and learn that and so on. But then it's it's not actionable and it's very hard to attribute the fact that you went, you've studied this, you've you've excelled in that and now this turns you into that. And so <clears throat> I think identifying what it takes to 
go to the next level, not talking three or, or, or five years in the future. That's something that every individual can do on their personal time. And I encourage people to do that, but identifying what it really takes to make the next jump to becoming a senior customer support rep or to becoming a team leader. Um, and so to speak, and develop and putting aside time in your day to day. So we have time that's dedicated to personal development in everybody's schedule when they come into their, to, uh, to man the support queue. Um, and, creating resources that speak directly to that. So I'm, I'm trying to give an answer here that will be the most actionable that, that I can. And so to summarize this, identify what are the key things that need to happen for a person to go from one place to the other, and then work either personally or use a vendor or partner with your enablement team if you have one to create um, learning materials that can help people go from point A to point B this is how they will see that they've learned something, it's actionable, and they're seeing growth from it. Um, everything else is nice to have. That's how I see it. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, thank you for the going into detail and making it actionable. Appreciate that. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, just what is the approximate ratio of like time in the queue to time in professional development? Like... Mm. That's a good 90, one. 90, 10, 80, 20? Like. It will be around the 80, 20. Um, okay. It, it varies the more you progress and so on, the, the more time um, you are on the queue being more, uh, the, the more specialized you are, the more time you'll spend on the queue because then getting to that point where you're more specialized, you've probably done a good amount of learning to get there. But I would roughly say 80, 20. I'd encourage support leaders to think critically about that and, and run, create a model that will say X amount of people solve X amount of tickets in an hour. And so this means that I right now can allocate this amount of time for personal development. Uh, and if you are in an agreement with whoever it is that you report to that this is the right amount of time that you want to allocate for personal development, then also uh, forecast your hiring according to that. But Whatever it is that you're doing, don't just do 80-20 because you just heard me say that on a podcast. It's very much has to do with your, uh, your ability to serve your customers. So the customer comes first. You need to think about the response time that you want to deliver to your customers. And from there, try to um, re-engineer how much time you can at the moment um, uh, dev devote to personal development. Or if you cannot do that right now, how many people you need to hire in order to get there, how many new improvements in the product you need to release to deflect X amount of tickets and get there. So it really depends on how you look at it. Okay. That makes sense. Um, kind of on the note of hiring. So, you know, earlier you talked about uh, some of those most valuable, most transferable skills that folks learn in customer support. So how do you as a support leader hire people that you think would thrive and build those kind of skills and just kind of naturally be inclined to that. Yeah. Um, it's a tough one, especially in customer support when you're hiring entry-level folks. Um, at the moment, I, I'm managing our, our customer success team and I, I get to interview and hire folks that have more career experience and I have the luxury as a hiring manager to really have people reflect back on their careers and give me examples and so on. But when you're hiring somebody straight out of college or maybe they're shifting from a different industry, it, it gets harder. And so... The, the simple exercise of you know mapping the qualities that you want to a, a customer, uh, not a customer, <laughs> uh, a candidate to uh, to to portray, and then how to get them. That's 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 what you'll need to do. I think for me, uh, one of the things we're looking for is that 
internal uh, urge to help other people. If you have that within you, if you're that empathetic person that enjoys helping other people, you're going to thrive in customer support. And I think that there's a lot of good kind of more softer questions that you can ask in order to get an understanding if this is really an empathetic individual. It can be through different scenarios that you run with somebody or maybe ask about just, you know, not even in the professional world, just ask about some life experience, looking for these nuggets where somebody would, would show the high level of empathy. Another thing is problem solving. So you don't have to be a, you know, you don't have to have a past in customer support in order to show that you have what it takes to troubleshoot a problem. So I have a set of like different questions that I would ask in order to see how a person thinks about a problem that may seem scary at first, but then when you think about it and start working through it, it's not that scary. And it's really all about the mechanic of how you think and how you troubleshoot. So that's another advice uh, and something that you can identify even if somebody is coming right out of college. And I, I think something that a mistake that I think we, that I've made in the past is being very deterred. Some, a lot of people come to entry-level positions uh, not necessarily looking to grow in customer support. And I would challenge the hiring managers to say, to take a deep breath and say, okay, that's fine. I acknowledge that. Uh, is this person still a good fit to be serving my customers you know, after a short amount of training that I'll be giving them? Because you need to acknowledge that, that customer support is a field with higher ter- uh, employee turnover for you know, better or worse. And think about, is this person going to be a top performer that is going to serve my customers in the best possible way? And I have seen many examples where people that are, um, I can say that they came to me and told me at the beginning of the interview process, customer support is my passion. I want to help customers all day long and so on. But they were incredibly smart, incredibly empathetic, and they were a good fit to the customer support uh, role for a long time. They gave our customers such an exceptional service. And then because they were top performers, they were able to progress. Um, And so I would challenge those who say that if you don't really have a huge passion to come in and and stay in customer support for a long time, that this is not somebody that you should be hiring. if you have internally what it takes to provide these people with a challenging environment, um, you can bring in top performers who are going to do amazing stuff for your customers um, and still keep them for enough time. You know, how do you define enough? That's, that's every organization. Right. And I suppose like kind of based on what we've been talking about, if you hire those kinds of people and you create opportunities for learning and meeting with folks from other departments, there's a good chance you might be able to keep them at your company, even if they don't stay in support. Yeah. Um, you've asked me this earlier, I think, um, when we spoke prior to the podcast, like, you know, why support leaders should actually go about doing that? Um, you know, what's in it for us? And I think, first of all, as a support leader, you need to have your own back in the sense that you should be creating a career trajectory um, and a career ladder for folks within customer support. And people can go in and become product specialists and, and you know, grow from tier one to tier two and three and so on and really be individual contributors and become experts. Or people can grow and become uh, team leaders and team managers. Customer support is definitely a field where I believe first-time managers can thrive there, can really learn a lot of these uh, these core skills about management. And so you should think about how you're creating an environment where somebody coming in after a couple of years, they are able to become team leaders, even if um, they don't have a lot of managerial experience. Customer support is a great place for kind of the, the first-time managers out there to learn these skills. Um, so once you've established that internally, I think that 
the return on investment and growing people internally within the company is huge. Um, you know, I, I can think of some examples. Uh, we mentioned uh, people growing into product, right? Um, if you think about the impact that this person that knows what it's like to be on the support queue and knows our customers very well and how customers react to different things that we do, whether it's, uh, it's a new feature or you know, removing a feature or changing a feature, whatever that is, um, I would argue that this product manager that came from customer support uh, would help you deflect so many tickets way more than, than if they were to stay on the queue and have that linear interaction with every customer. They will be able to shift and change your product in a way that will deflect a lot of the tickets coming in in the first place. That's a good example of like return on investment. I can think about our CSMs, uh, CSMs that have grown from customer support. Um, would handle a lot of the issues themselves and will not escalate a lot of issues that they have to customer support. They will be able to provide better customer service this way and will spare your team with a lot of these tickets. Not to mention uh, sales folks that are setting the right expectations because they know how it is when customers come in through the door with false expectations about your product. So at the end of the day, Number one, make sure that you're developing your people internally within customer support, but don't be afraid to let them kind of spread their wings and fly internally. You're going to receive that investment at the end of the day, whether you actually can quantify it or not. Yeah, that sounds like it's kind of a win-win for you know, other departments within your company, for the support team, and also for your customers. I mean, ultimately, if you have someone who's been in customer support on product and you're making a better, more intuitive product... That's just, I mean, that's better all around. Yeah, and we didn't even mention the, the individuals themselves. I, I love seeing these people grow and developing them and seeing people develop their career. It's something that I'm very passionate about. And um, you actually get the chance to do that within customer support and see that happen over and over. And that's just, as a leader, it's just fun, you know? Yeah, I, I'm definitely seeing patterns there with all of the support leaders I'm talking to. There's definitely this passion for for teaching and for growth and just being a part of someone's overall career journey. I mean, yeah, how often do you get a chance to do that? Day like day in and day out. That's it's pretty incredible. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um so we we've, we've kind of been talking from the perspective of, you know, how can leaders help facilitate this growth um with these transferable skills? But for someone who's looking to get into customer support in a tech company, it's their first support role. Aside from the customer support job title, what else should aspiring support professionals be looking for in a support role, especially that first one? Yeah, yeah that's, that's a very good question. I'll try to, to name a few and then maybe, um, as I did before, try to be as actionable as possible with, with some tips on how you can actually get there. So. Uh, the number one thing for me uh, is really working for a company and a product that you relate to. Um, personally, I'm, I'm extremely fulfilled when I'm working for a company for a mission that I can advocate for. And I believe most, most people feel the same. So looking for a, a company with a product that you can relate to, that you can imagine yourself working there for years over years because you do believe in the mission that the company is, is pushing forward. It's very important, even if you may be looking at a more senior role for a company that you less relate to, I do believe that you'll be able to bring in your a-game in a way uh, for these companies that relate to the mission a bit more. If you're looking on a company's website and you can't really understand what the company does, then it's a red flag. Um, Another thing I would go about doing is going into uh, various review sites. There's a lot of review sites like G2 Crowd and Captera where customers would actually go in and, and speak about the products of the company. And uh, going through that, you'll be able to see and learn 
if the company's customers are in love with the product and if they advocate for the company as well. So I think that's a, another good tip for you to check in terms of not only the, the mission of the product, but how well is the product being received by the customers nowadays. Um, another uh, super important area, maybe the most, is the team that you're going to be joining. And you're going to be spending the most of your t uh, waking hours with, your, uh, with these colleagues of yours. And they better be people that you enjoy collaborating with. Um, it's not the easiest to get uh, a good understanding of how that's going to be, right? Um, but I think there are sites like Glassdoor that can give you a good uh, insight into how, um, into how the company culture is and how the colleagues that you're going to be collaborating with are. And I also urge you to reach out on LinkedIn to different people that are doing the, the customer support position or any other position in the company and try to get uh, some, uh, maybe a coffee with them, a virtual coffee, whatever it is, or maybe just chat online to, to try and get a good sense of the vibe and how these people are. Um, I've had a few candidates that are now CSMs on our team that have done that. And I think that shows a lot about initiative and I, I respect that fully. I think that's a very good idea if you're going to be collaborating with these people all day long you better get to know them maybe before uh, you sign with a new company um, the last thing I'll speak to is, is a, a company that's growing and that's something that I can speak from my own experience and we've mentioned how I, I came in uh, employee 25 and now Monday has over 800 employees and the opportunities that growing companies um, provide their their people are endless and all of these growth paths that I mentioned internally are only possible if the company is doing well and actually succeeding and as a candidate trying to interview for a position it's not the easiest to actually get a good understanding of how well the company is growing if it's growing and um, trying to think of some some advice there. There are different websites such as uh, Crunchbase or TechCrunch where you can follow on the amount of funding that a company received or just to get the overall sentiment in the industry about how this company is doing. Um, but I want to urge folks to actually, in the interviewing process, ask the right questions to be able to check the box of, you know, how successful is this company? How fast is it growing? Because this will determine the amount of opportunities that you will have. So don't be afraid to ask the person interviewing you, that you're interviewing with um, about the company's success metrics, how well they're doing in terms of their revenue growth, employee growth, uh, churn rates, and so on. I get asked that a lot, and I was a bit... Um, taking it back at the beginning. Um, but especially when I'm working with customer success managers who are kind of the churn fighters uh, in, in many ways, um, people want to know that when they join a customer success position, as an example, they're not going to be handling disgruntled clients all day long and putting out fires all day long. The customers really want to stay with the company. And so asking a question like, what is your call and churn rate is very direct, yes, but is one that a lot of people can speak to um, and is worth asking. You may not get an, a straight up answer, but I do believe it's worth asking. Um, and another good question to be asking about is um, if the company has a formal career path implemented in the sense that there is the, the leveling is already set. So you know coming in that you can go from point A to point B to point C and so on. Um, there's, there's pros and cons there. I can tell you that, you know, more startups earlier stage where things are, are a bit more scrappy and you don't have that career path developed, um, it can help you progress faster and put yourself in a position where if things are not very well defined, you can progress faster in a way. Uh, but then on the other side, when you are speaking to a company that has everything already uh, well defined, I think it speaks a lot to how the company thinks about growth 
and you're coming into a place that you know that you know the HR and the management, the leadership of the company have put time aside to think about how do we facilitate this growth? And so it means that growth matters to them. And you can know that not only the company is growing and being successful, but employee growth is something that's important for the company. And so there's pros and cons here. But I think, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the, 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 the half full uh, glass. Ugh, sorry. Lost that. <laughs> Getting lost in translation here. But anyways, <clears throat> yeah. So growth fast within the company. Um, Ah, maybe last thing I'll say is the career page, the careers page of a company, looking at how many positions are open, what are they hiring for. If you're seeing a company that's hiring tons of sales reps and whatnot, and there's uh, a lot of open positions, it's a good sign for a growth probably after a funding round, and there will be opportunities there. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. I love that. That is very actionable advice. I think that's especially important if you're looking to get into the tech field. Um, versus some of the other fields. Like I know for me, when I was interviewing with Stonely, Stonely's my first startup that I've worked for. Um, so I was asking lots of questions like, what do you look for in a good startup? Like what, what should I be thinking about? And those were some of the things I, that definitely helped me make a decision. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's hard to navigate this. The startup world at the beginning <laughs> looks very complex with a lot of acronyms and, and uh, these <laughs> yes. fancy buzzwords that are going around. So I hope that these <laughs> will be, provide some good, good advice for folks looking into it in the first time. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> I had to laugh the other day, speaking of acronyms, the other day in a meeting, someone says MVP and me being still relatively new to tech, I'm thinking most valuable player, <laughs> not minimum viable product. <laughs> Yeah, 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 definitely. Uh, I, I can think so much uh, about a lot of these that have happened to me, especially trying to have any conversation with a marketing professional. Everything mm, oh, in marketing yeah, we have is, lots. Oh, yeah. They love their acronyms. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can vouch for that. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I think I'll kind of start wrapping us up here, but is there... Um, before I ask you my final question, is there anything else that we didn't cover that you would like to add as far as um, support being the like a great first role in tech, um, those skills that you can develop and transfer, or anything related to that? No, not really. No, Meredith, I think that um, right. we kind of covered a lot of these bases. So, yeah, I'm good. All right, perfect. Um, well, my final question that I've been, I like to ask all of the support leaders I'm talking to. Um, in general, what advice do you have for other up-and-coming customer support leaders? Ooh, big one. Big okay. question, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> all right. Um, let's think. Um, okay, so I'll phrase it this way. I think in customer support, like we mentioned earlier, you're being... Um, your day-to-day -day is influenced by a lot of these other stakeholders, product, R&D, a new marketing campaign that's going live and you'll get tons of tickets about. Um, really try to focus on the entire customer experience. And I like to put it in a, in a funnel where at the top, you wanna make sure that you have a stake and you have a say and you have a, an ability to influence how the product is looking like. If the product is more intuitive, you will get less tickets, you'll be able to serve your customers faster. And then thinking about self-service after that intuitive product. Somebody had a question, are they able to serve themselves? Thinking about what are some initiatives that you're doing today in order to improve self-service and Stonely is a good tool to do that, I'm sure, um, on that area. Let's say that a customer 
found the, the product not as intuitive. Self-service is not helpful. Next up in line would be um, how you're making your, your agents as speedy as possible through them being knowledgeable and providing them with the best tools and perhaps layering automations within there. So this funnel of product, self-service, automation, and then uh, the and agent that, that's speaking with the customer, thinking about the holistic funnel and thinking about how you are drive, what initiatives are you driving across this funnel in parallel all the time. Um, that is something that has helped me make sure that we're on, uh, on the right pace as well. Um, if you don't have the, the data to speak to how things are going through this funnel, what are questions about the product, what types of questions for the pro on the product your customers are asking, which articles are doing well in deflecting tickets, and then how fast your agents are handling each issue, you should be uh, going and getting this data. And the last thing I'll say is focus on hiring only the best, most right people and promote your uh, awesome employees into this different growth path that we've uh, seen and really drive a culture of, of excellence in terms of the service and, and internally with good performance management. So focus on hiring and focus on developing your team. Yeah, and that's it. Awesome. That was great. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good soundbite. <laughs> a good soundbite, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you, Tom. This has been a great conversation. I learned a ton from you. Um, and I really just appreciate you taking the time to join me today. Yeah, thank you, Meredith. It's been a pleasure. Um, if anybody wants to connect over LinkedIn after listening to this uh, podcast, more than happy to do that. And yeah, thanks a lot for the opportunity. That's all for this episode of Beyond the Queue. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, please be sure to hit subscribe and rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you next time.